This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com So this parsha Lech Lecha, something that I talk about a lot with therapists, actually with therapists, and with, um, and with parents. I'll tell you why. So, I spoke about it tonight actually before I came here at a, at a PTA. So, after being a Rebbe for 37 years and being involved with kids, um, a few years ago I've come, I came to a conclusion, and that is that, and we've spoken about this before, that one doesn't leave their environment willingly. What do I mean by that? So, we are creatures of our environment. We, people who like hot, live in hot and they don't come to cold and Floridians don't move to Alaska and Alaskans don't move to Florida and New Yorkers don't like out of town and out of town doesn't like to live in New York and Akash Baruch there's I saw this in, in many forums that Akash Baruch did, did that because otherwise the earth wouldn't be occupied if we all like the same thing then everybody would live in the same climate the world has different climates, right? So he created us as creatures of our environment. We just get used to some like fast, some like slow, some like hot. You know, like some have no problem. B'nai Barak in the summer was 100 degrees and they have no problem with it. And and some people don't like the heat at all, but they love cold and they love snow. I personally do not like snow. I like Florida, right? But I have friends that they, don't, they hate Florida. They love to go skiing. They love to go where it's really cold. You know, they like Alaska. So the reason it's brought down that Hashem did that is that we should take, we should go over, all over the earth. Otherwise, we'd all be in one place. So we are creatures of our environment. So when when you have a kid, we're talking right now. I spoke tonight in a school. Um, so you have a kid who's a nice kid. Kid's doing well. And all of a sudden, there's a sudden change. Now, it's not a slow change, it's a sudden change. She goes, I don't want to go to school anymore. Um, I don't believe in Hashem anymore. Um, I don't want to play with friends anymore, lock themselves in their room. So, that is a, um, a symptom that something happened. Because someone who's Jewish, grows up Jewish, eats Jewish listens to Jewish music, sleeps and eats Jewish, goes to school. That's their environment. That's what they become used to. And for that person to all of a sudden change drastically, we don't walk out of our environments. The only way we leave our environments is if we get pushed out of our environment. Everything, all psychology and everything that I know comes from the Torah. This week's parsha talks about a man named Avram Avinu who's asked to leave his environment. That is his environment. His land, which is his language. His neighbors, neighborhood. His family. So, here Avram Avinu is being asked to leave his environment. And it seems to be a huge test. We're going to learn a Medrash Rabbah. And the Medrash Rabbah says that 
this test is compared to the Akeda killing his one kid. If somebody came to me today and said, Reverend Wallenstein, we want you to move to San Antonio, Texas, and we really want you to be the, to run a school there, we're going to pay you $5 million a year. I'm not making $5 million a year, contrary to popular belief, right? So I'm not making $5 million a year. $5 million, two cars, um, a seat on every board, not that I would want that, but, right? Um, two months vacation, paid, Trips every yant of Eretz Yisrael paid. I'm not going. I'm not. Why am I not going? Because Baruch Hashem, I live in an environment. I don't need the five million dollars. I have a house. I have a school. I can go to Shemesh Shabbos at three o'clock to Dan Myrov. I can go Thursday night to Essen till one o'clock to have children to go out of town. They they they, they close at six o'clock. That's it. And there's one million. You missed it. You don't got no million. And I got all my friends and my daughters and my kids and my grandchildren. You could offer me ten million dollars to go to San Antonio. I'm not going. I don't. Want, I'm, we're creatures of our environment. I don't want to leave my environment. This is what I'm used to. So when somebody all of a sudden picks up and takes off, something's going on. So when you have a child, and I Baruch Hashem have saved a lot of kids this way, because everyone's very um, busy with. The symptoms. The psychological world is built on the symptoms. She's cutting. She's anorexic. She tried to commit suicide. She's depressed. She, you know, so they, 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 they give it a, um, they, they give it a diagnosis. You know, oppositional defiance syndrome. Every kid in my class would have been OD, you know, ODS. Nobody labeled us. So, why is he defiant? No, if, if you, even, even in Chinuch, outside of psychology, right? Nobody ever asks the question why. They just throw you out of class. Or they punish you. Or you get in trouble at home. But there's a why. Again, there's a certain amount of trouble that we make naturally. But when you step out, right? When you step out, and all of a sudden this girl who's in fifth grade, who's doing great, she comes to sixth grade, she's, she's shut down. She's not doing her work anymore. She doesn't want to go to school. No, I don't want to go to school. I don't believe in Hashem. Why is the sixth grader saying she doesn't believe in Hashem? That's totally out of her environment. So what I taught teachers and parents and and therapists to do is to draw a graph. Was she good when she was one years old? She's a shayful. Two years old, unbelievable. Three years old, smart, playing with her friends. Four years old, unbelievable. Five years old, six years old, seven years old, eight years old. Um, when she turned nine... She, she didn't want to go to school anymore. She wanted me to sleep with her in her room because she was very scared. She became a very scared child all of a sudden. Maybe making in their pants, wetting their beds. So my time out. This didn't, this didn't just happen. A kid who doesn't, who doesn't bed wet, right, is not all of a sudden bed wetting. Something happened. So circle on the graph. You know, she was good till eight, nine years old. Boom! Ah! Circle this spot right here. And we need to go find out what happened when this girl was nine years old. Because she didn't just wake up. And a 45-year-old guy, like we spoke about this guy I told you once about, 45-year-old guy who has a wife and children and Cholent and Kogel and Kishka and a Harusa and Mikvah, hot, nice hot Mikvah Friday and Hanukkah and Purim and Pesach in a hotel or wherever he is, right? And all of a sudden he's like, I'm an atheist. 
Ah, you're not an atheist, man. Shh, 45, boom! Circle. Oh, shiksa. Ah, you found, a, you found a non-Jewish woman, so of course you dropped everything. What's going on? You don't just walk out of your environment. Just walk out of your wife and your kids and an environment that you've been in 45 years. You don't just step out of there. Something pushed you or pulled you out of there. And that's where you got to go. Now, sometimes what happens is, a little bit of a psychology class tonight, but it's very, very important. Sometimes you can't, you can't get, bring the person back to that environment that they came out of because there was abuse. So for somebody who was sexually abused in their environment, you can't bring them back into that environment because there's abuse in that environment. So what do you do? So what do you do? You create a new environment that that person's comfortable in. So when we work with kids, that takes time because they lost their trust. Somebody close to them or somebody that wasn't in their environment hurt them, right? Whether it's sexual, emotional, or, or physical, it doesn't make a difference. And therefore, that, that, that environment that they were comfortable in, and, and that causes huge depression, that causes suicidal thoughts, huge depression because the minute you get pushed out of your environment in that way, right, you, 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 you're lost. You're lost. I don't know how to explain it to you. You take an animal out, you take a fish out of the water, a fish's environment, you take him out of the water, he can't breathe, he's going to die. They're very lost. So when you take him out of the water, if you put him in another fish tank, okay, you're supposed to get used to the environment. You know, especially, I, I used to have a lot of fish tanks. I was, I was very into fish, and you have to, if you have saltwater fish, it's very important. It's the word that they use. You have to create an aquarium that has the environment that the fish is used to, that it came from. If not, it will die. What? The act literally the, the other word, the other um does the alkaline or what's the other side? The what? Not not no, there's there's the debate the What's the other what's the other word? I should I should know that I can't believe I forgot this. You have to test it for alkaline, you have to test it for something else. Well the pH has to be perfect, but there's something besides so if one is off of that they get they get uh, they get a sickness called ick. Icky, icky, ick, or something like that. But anyway, so 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 my high school, for instance, is what I spoke about tonight. We had a PTA, so we we're we're trying to first create a trust, so that because when the person is shoved out of their environment, they no longer trust people from that environment. You you hurt me. I was in that environment. I was safe. I was comfortable. Uh, I was you know, and you did something to me in that environment. So now I'm not. So the first thing we have to do is we have to build trust. Once we build trust, we have to create an environment that that person is willing to step back into. So we sort of, they got pushed out of their environment, we sort of pull them into an environment. And, and this is not psychology, this is lechlecha. Because the whole question here is, why was this a test? Because what did Hashem say? You should leave your, 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 your land, your birthplace, your father, right? To the land I'll show you. Now what's going to happen in the new environment? The eschol the guy gadol. You have no children at this point. I'm going to make you to a huge nation. I'm going to bless you. You're going to become famous. It's like, it's like me going to San Antonio. You're going to be benched. Whoever benches you, he's going to be benched. Someone curses you, right? He's going to be cursed. You're going to be the head of the world. So what's the test? 
What's the test? Hashem's telling him, you have no children? You're going to have children. You're going to be the head of the world. You're going to be a nation. You're going to be rich. You're going to be famous. What's the test? There's no test. And this test, we're going to learn the Medjish Rabbah, this test is compared to Kedas Yitzchak, where he had to kill his kid? How could you say that? And the answer is, with Hashem promising everything, Abraham didn't want to go anywhere. He didn't need to go anywhere. It's a huge test. Because he, he, he had a yeshiva, he had a home, he had his father, he had his family, he had... He didn't want to go anywhere. With the promise. So, Lech teaches us that it's very hard for a person, even an Avram Avinu, it's an Isayan, for a person to leave their environment. So when you see a child or an adult that left their environment, you need to know that it's a huge test because something really happened because here Avram Avinu was promised stuff. And he didn't want to go. Imagine if something happened to you and you didn't want to go. So it's just it's just a very important point, whoever's listening to the shir out there, that, it, that if there's a sudden change, there's a sudden change, you need to go focus on when that change happened, and you might find out that something really drastic happened. Now, it doesn't have to be sexual abuse. It could be a kid, specifically by girls, because girls their whole life, and as teenagers, their whole life, or even as kids, as young girls, their whole life to school and friends. My boys, you don't have to be good in school as long as you're good in sports. So there's some smart kids that are good. And there's some great great basketball players. They don't need to do good in school because they're great on the basketball court. And some kids are great in, are great in, in, in school. But girls, there's no basketball court. There's no sports. So being even a great dancer, great dancer doesn't make you anything special in school. In school, what makes you special is your friends and how you do in school. So you could have a girl that was a 10 year old kid had a best friend I've seen this had a best friend and that best friend made a new friend and let her go and didn't talk to her anymore it's trauma it might sound silly to us but to these little kids it's tra- it is it's trauma and you find out that in that in, in, in 7th grade none of the girls spoke to her none of the girls invited her to the parties and none of the girls had anything to do with her and she felt like she just got dropped pushed out of her environment and now she just doesn't want to go to school and one thing leads to another and they don't do well and then they come to a new environment which is called the street now the street environment is the opposite the street environment accepts everyone but the truth is I have to tell you that the kids in the street and the kids are doing drugs and the kids who are in Michal Shabbos they're not happy because they're, they're, even though they're in a new unhealthy environment they're not in their old environment and, and the kids that come back they say it to me it's like Rev Wallstein I'm so much happier coming back to my roots they call it their roots but the roots what the roots mean is their, their old environment I'm so happy I came back to my roots because that's that's what really makes a person happy and and this whole source of this whole whole thing is and I think that a lot of people uh, you know, are making the mistakes and they're looking at the action of the child or of the adult instead of looking at the essence of where it comes from, the source of the disease. You fix the disease, all the symptoms go away. You know, you go to the doctor and you have a rash and it's itchy and he sends you to the drugstore and he says, put on calamine lotion. I don't know if they still have that, that orange stuff that's, right? Uh, or cortisone cream, right? So you're all happy. You go home, you put your cortisone cream, it stops itching. You're very happy, right? All of a sudden you have diarrhea. 
Go back to the doctor. I have diarrhea. He says, okay, take kaopectate. Gives him kaopectate. Okay. So Pepto-Bismol. So now he's happy, right? Comes back to the doctor next day. He has fever. He gives him, he gives him Tylenol. Okay, Baruch Hashem, I don't have a fever anymore. Then he gets a crazy headache. He gives him Motrin. He takes the Motrin. Right? And all these things keep happening. Now, he gets a lot worse because all of a sudden he gets a blood infection. And then from the blood infection he ends up getting, uh, I forgot what it's called, of the heart. And, and, and they have to do an operation. And it keeps getting worse. And he keeps... So the truth is the doctor is a miserable doctor. Because really this patient had strep. And had he walked in and done a strep culture, he would have given him antibiotics, and all those symptoms that I just spoke about would be gone. But instead, he's treating the symptom. In the end, if you treat the symptom, you lose the patient. Because strep, in the end, goes into the blood, and in the end, it goes into the bones, and in the end, it goes into the heart, and it will kill the person. So you keep chasing the, the symptoms, and you didn't, you didn't destroy the source. So this doctor is a miserable doctor. Even though the person feels as he's going along and he's getting better, he's a great doctor. I was itching, I'm not itching. I have a headache, I don't have a headache. I had fever, I don't have a fever. So as he's going along, he thinks he has a great doctor. In the end, he dies. Because the doctor only had to do, give him, what's that, that medicine you take for four days or five days? Z-Pack. Give him the Z-Pack in four days, he's good to go. Right? Instead, instead of giving the Z-Pack, he's killed him. A lot of people, a lot of people go for therapy. Take care of this, and then take care of that, and it pops out. Yeah, he has addiction that he's gambling. Okay, we took care of the gambling. Now he has addiction that he's drinking. We took care of the drinking. Now he's doing drugs. We took care of the drugs. <coughs> keeps popping out. Why? Because you didn't take care of the source of the addiction. You don't take care of the source of the addiction, right? You have to get the source of what took this person from, again, we're talking about a normal person. All of a sudden, he, he went off the deep end. If you fix that, it could be problems at home. It could be, it's usually, it, and, and all this stuff affects what we call the person's self. I, I, I last night met with a girl and um, she's really, 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 really struggling. And in the end, um, I told her, you don't have, you don't, you don't have any self. There's no you. you. You live by everybody else. You're living for everybody else. You don't, you don't have any self. Right? And she says, uh, listen, it's not my fault. My, my teachers took my self, my self-confidence away. You know, they started saying things about me and they took my self-confidence. And I said, I heard a very smart man once said, you can't take self from a person. You can only take self from a person if they give it to you. In other words, teacher can tell you the worst things in the world. If you, if you don't give it up, you're, you're like, okay, you think that way. And one day you'll see that I'm going to be much better than any of the kids that you thought were good. That's self. If you don't have self, and you live your life for everybody else, and you have low self-esteem, right? So I told her, I said... You, you can't, you blame, she was blaming everyone else. I said, you can't blame everyone else. Unless you give up self, nobody can take it away. It belongs to you. How do you know that from the English language, everybody? How do you know it belongs to you? How do you know self belongs to you? No, what do you call yourself? Myself. The English language, myself. My. Myself. Not yourself, you can't take myself. It's myself. Right, when you talk about yourself. And, my, and I went myself to the grocery. What kind of word is that? Right? I went myself. I went self to the grocery. Myself. I own myself. Nobody can take myself away except me. Unless I hand it. If I hand it away, 
and everybody. Then my teacher could say the wrong word, my parents could say the wrong word, my friend could say the wrong word, my coach could say the wrong word. Anybody could hurt me. I could, I could, if you don't give it away, if you have self, nobody can take it away from you. And I told it to that last night. I said, it's very, very important. You got to get yourself back. So you got to work on it. You got to get yourself back because that's one of the most important things. And it's interesting. There's a lot of plays on English words, and they call it myself. It's 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 myself. So this this pasha lechlecha starts off with Avraham Avinu, and 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 shows us how hard it was for him that it was an assignment for him, even though he was being promised where he was going, that to ask someone to leave their their comfortable where they are, right? To leave their environment is a very, very hard test. Now, how do we know that it's a hard test? This is a Medjish Rabba. Medjish Rabba says the following. So he says the following. Avram lived amongst Avdezara, so his environment was not a good environment, even though it's where he was born and went right. But the whole place that he was living by was run by Nimrod, was run by Avdezara. Leave, leave your land, and I will make you famous. Everyone's going to know about you. Why the words? The word lach equals. Lamed equals 30, Chaf equals 20 is 50. It says Lechel Chaf twice, Lamed Chaf, and then it says Lamed Chaf, right? So it's 50 plus 50. Mahu Lechel Chaf, right? So it equals 100. Lechel Chaf equals 100. When he left, when he left, he was 75. Because Rafa was saying, Lechel Chaf, it's going to be good for you because I'm going to give you another 100 years. Now, this is what it says. Rabbi Levi Oymet, Nisayan Harishan, the first test he said, Kinishkayana Akran was like a last test. The last test that he had was the Akeza. How do you know that they're, they're, they're the same? The Soyana Risha and the left will come out. Hashem said, left will come out here, right? We basically go. The Soyana Akran, when it came to the Akeza, it said, left will call Erika Maria. The same word, left will call. Right? So we see from here that the Nishkayan is unbelievable. To leave his environment was as big as an assignment to give up his kid. Wow, that's huge. That's huge. Okay, you could also, and I did what said today, it's interesting, when he broke up on the phone, Jack Nibaro. He said, Rabbi Ginsburg said to me, he said, Lamaisa, how do you understand this? If I had asked anyone in this room, what's the bigger test? Leaving or killing your kid, you'd say, for sure killing your kid. So why was this equal, according to this medrash? He said, because this was the first test. By a kid, it's like you already passed. Once you pass, you, every time you pass a test, you become greater. So this was the first test. Even though it's a machlaikis, because Kishan Reish was okay, but maybe the second test, or whatever. But, so, so for this, it's much harder. The first, the first time Hashem ever spoke to Abraham Avinu. Did you know that? First time I showed up, I said, Ramina was here. And when he was 75 years old, it was Lechel Chamaatzika. Not like, you're amazing, you're fantastic, you jumped into a fire for me, you're talking to the whole world, that I'm, that I'm the only God, no one else believes in me. Hey, I'm a little compliment, you know? You need no compliments. 
First of all, let's get down to it. Test, testing time, right? And, and the most famous, I say this every year because it's the most beautiful. But Lemaisa, how come the Torah doesn't even tell us about the other test? It just says, it was an or cosdom. Or cosdom is an oven, it was a furnace. And we know that the cosdoms, those people threw a Ramavinu into the fire. But it doesn't say anything like that in the Torah. We don't know about it, it's a medrash. So the 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 the, 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 science, the test of Lech Lecha to leave your home, the Torah talks about five sukkim. And the test of jumping into a fire is nothing. So beautiful terrors. And the terror says dying for God takes a moment. Living for God takes a lifetime. Much harder. So that jumping into the fire, it's a moment, it's a decision, you're dead. Goodbye. But Lechlecha was a lifetime thing. So that's a much bigger shine. Also, the med- it brings down as far as that we didn't want to teach suicide in the Torah. So in other words, that he was willing to go into a fire. That's not, that's not the way we want you to serve Hashem. Everyone's gonna start, that's the area, that's them. You know what I mean? They believe killing themselves. Hashem doesn't want you to kill yourself. So the Torah would tell you, Abraham jumped into the fire and he didn't die, whatever it is, it's not our way. Lechacha, but going, but, but going for a Baruch Hu and living a life for a Baruch Hu, that's a very big new science. So this is a medrash in Lechacha, and we, and we see that the Taka, um, equal. He says, very beautiful. He says, he says here, this is Machlaikis when, when Abraham Avinu found God. Right? He says here in the medrash, Sheben Shalesh Shanem Hiker as Bayrai. He was three years old when he found God. Shenema, because it says in the Pasuk, Ekev Ashashama Avram. What does Ekev mean? So he says, Ekev, Ayin is 70, Kuf is 100, and Bez is 2. The word Ekev equals 172. So, he, Ekev Ashashama Avram. For 172 years, God knew, Avram knew God. The first three years, he didn't, he didn't accept God. He only started when he was three. So Ekev, what? He didn't know. He didn't know him. He didn't know him. So he only knew God for 172 years. So the word Akev equals 172. So 172 years he knew God. And we know you all know the story. You all know the magic where he broke the idols and went and 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 he came to it logically. Actually, okay. This is a very big test to leave your environment. It's a very big test. So if you see somebody that left their environment, you, you need to know that something happened. Something happened, you need to find out what happened. Okay. Now we're going to learn a little Zoyar. So, it's much a Shabbos when I learned Zoyar. First of all, the Zoyar Lechlecha says the following. He says, and I'm going to learn, I'm going to learn this. Do I have the Abbas Chaim? I brought it? Mm, yes, I do have it. So, so there's a whole Kabbalistic translation of Lech Lecha, that's not the English translation at all of what's going on over here, but it's not even talking about Avram Avinu, Avram is the Neshama, White is the Yitzhahara, and the Lech Lecha is uh, when the soul leaves Shemayim, Lech Lecha, go for yourself to the world, I'm going to learn it, I'm going to learn it inside. But, Isaiah says here that Lech Lecha equals 100, Lech Lecha, right, it's good for you, so he says the 100 is Lech Lecha Lahashlim, that we're supposed to climb a hundred steps, right, in Ganeiden every day. Um, and what are those hundred steps? The hundred brachas that we make every day. Ulekein nitzdave hanishama levarech koyom 
every day, Maya brought us a hundred brachas, today, to open up those hundred. So it's very important that every day that a person makes a hundred brachas. But I want to tell you something. I said, I don't know if all you heard my tape, but, um, so this whole tape of this kid, it's online, he was dead, and he came back, and he saw, uh, he saw Mashiach, and he saw the war, and he saw everything, and everybody's freaking out. And people are calling me up, is it true, is it not true? And I'm like, I don't know, I can't tell you, I wasn't there. But I can tell you this much, whoever believes in God doesn't need the story. And whoever doesn't believe in God, the story won't help. <laughs> That's for sure, I can tell you that right now. How do I know that? Okay, so first of all, there's an amazing chidah, I believe it's a chidah by Amalek. It says we came out of the Yam and Amalek attacked us. We came out of Mitzrayim and Amalek attacked us. So what, what, one second. What did Amalek say after, even after we had the Kriyas Yamsuf? They always were our enemies. How did they answer up Kriyas Yamsuf? Amalek doesn't believe in God, doesn't believe in God, right? How could they see a Kriyas Yamsuf? Because they were there, they had just fought with us. How could they see a Kriyas Yamsuf and be in denial of Hashem? So the Fidel says that Amalek said that there was an earthquake. There was an earthquake in the ocean. And the ocean split, a, a tsunami. And the ocean split. And the Jews, because they believe in luck, they believe in mikra, things happen. The Jews happened to have been at the Yamsuf at that moment. They got lucky, and they got through with it, and then the earthquake was over, and then the Shem died. Nature. They would not say God. Okay, so you have, you have the biggest doctors, the biggest surgeons, and they see that the eye is made of a million pieces, and the brain is something out of this world, and the heart, right? And they deny God. It's the same thing. If you don't want to believe, <laughs> Mashiach can come in the room, you'll say, it's special effects. Special effects! What? No, the Malach is the Malach. It's up in Shemayim, it's not here. So I, I want to tell you with Zoya that I learned this past Matzi Shabbos. And exactly says this. Okay? In last week's parasha, it says that Haran died in his father's face. He died in his father's face. He died in Orkazdom, right? He died. So Rashi says, Shekibel, Shekibel Terech al Avram Benai Lifnei Nimrai, Al Shekatsas Eskalamav. He gave Avram over to Nimrai because he broke all the idols. The Shlikol Bekifshene Eish, and and Nimrai threw Avram into the furnace. Vaharon Yaisheiv. And Hara was sitting there. But Amar Baliba, he said in his heart, "Im Avram noitzayach ani mishalov. Im Avram noitzayach ani mishalov. If Avram wins and he doesn't die, I'll go on Avram's team. If Nimrod noitzayach and Avram dies, if Nimrod wins, I need a mishalov. I go with him. Right? So he's, he only goes with the winners. That's it. Uchnitu Avram. When Avram got saved and he didn't die, Amaru leharon mishal miyato." So they said to Haran, what team are you on? Right? I'm on the winning side. I'm on Avram's side. Okay? They said, okay, then we're going to do the same thing to you. They threw him in and he burnt. And that's what it means that he died in his father's face. Why did they throw him in? Why did they throw him in? Avram Avinu just didn't burn. Why... Why would, a Roman people didn't burn, why would they think that Haran would burn? Why'd they throw him in? 
Right? So listen to the Zayar. The Zayar says the following. Amru HaKazdim, they were called Kazdim, or Kazdim, or Kazdim. Kishiyot Avram and Aish, now Avram Avinu comes out of the fire. Okay? Why did they throw Haran into the fire? Because they said, Shibishusay Shal Haran, Shuloyit Stair, Nitzel Avram. They said the reason that Avram was saved and he didn't die, not because he has a God, not because God does miracles, but because Haran, who served the idols, didn't, the, the idols didn't want Haran to be in pain that his brother should die. Miyad, there's one Zayar, there's two Zayars here. Miyad, Yotza shall have us Eish, a fire came out of the furnace from Hashem, the sufferers Haran, and killed Haran, Kedela Hasami, Liba Machshabazu. Hashem said, no, 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 he didn't, he wasn't saved because Haran, he's gonna bother Haran. Okay. That's a separate Zayar. Now the Zayar says the following, which is unbelievable. Why did the Kazan throw Haran in? According to the Rashi. Rashi said not a fire came out, but they threw him in. So he says the following. Omru, the Kazan said, the Goyim said, you know why Avram Avinu didn't die? She's, now, Hashem made this crazy miracle in front of everyone. This furnace was so hot that anyone who came, that the guards who came near the furnace died. So Nimrod had a catapult. From far away, you know those things that throw stones over the walls? And he catapulted Abram into the fire. Okay, that's how hot this fire was. So, and Abram's sitting there, and he, nothing happens. So you would think, everyone bow down. Hashem Echad Listen to the, listen to what I'm trying to say. When you don't want to believe, no matter what happens, you're not going to believe. Listen to this. Abram HaKazdim. Shizaro Shal Terach. Eino Eishotas boy. All the children of Terach, Fire has no effect on them. Why? The schus of Terach is great. Because he was very busy with the Zorah. So the reason of Ram Avinu didn't burn is not because he's a god. Just the opposite. The reason he didn't burn is because he's Terach's son and Terach served the Zorah. So Hashem did this whole nation to teach him a lesson. They went the other way. They said, no, God didn't save him. He's a child of Terach and ch- children of Terach they don't burn because Terach was the, was the biggest of the Avodah Zorah. You hear this? And therefore, right, therefore, they went ahead and they threw him in and they figured Haran would also not burn because Haran had the same schos. His father was a big Avodah Zorah and that's why they threw him into the Aish. So, no matter how much you can show somebody, you have this guy who's sitting in a fire and he's saying, I'm, I believe in God. I'm a Ramavino, I believe in God, there's only one God, and the fire's not touching him and doing nothing, and they're saying, no, the reason you say it is because of the Avodah Zarah, not because of God. So they threw Haran in, thinking he's not going to get burnt either, because, ah, oh, oh, he got burnt, so that, that excuse went out the door, right, so Hashem had to make sure he would die, Taka wouldn't live, that excuse went out the door, and they realized that Avramavino was because of Hashem, and then Taka, a lot of them, some of them did shuva, and they followed, they followed Avramavino, and that's the Asha, Atam Bukharan, the Nefash that he made a Haran. I was reading the story, I'm saying, <laughs> If you don't want to believe, you're just not going to believe. You know, there's a big topic that says the questions that people have on God are their answers to their behavior that they don't want to, they don't want to, um, they don't want to do the right thing. Okay. That's desire. Alright, now, 
Let's go to the Zaya of this week's Pasha. Also, the Medjish Tanchuma, which I got into in trouble, I said this in a, I said this in a shul, they never invited me back, this is like five years ago. They never invited me back because I spoke about drinking on Chavez, alcohol, and getting drunk. In the last week's Pasha, very fascinating, Medjish Tanchuma. No, they never invited me back, I'm serious. No, they weren't happy with me. Because I hammered them. I hammered them! I don't do that very often, do I? What? The truth always hurts. Okay, listen to this. So there's a, there's a Medjushtan Chum and Pasha's Noah. When Noah, and I, and I feel very much, I'm going to say something I didn't see it in the safer, but I think it ties in very much to my to my share tonight. So Noah comes out of the table, and what is the first thing he does? Vayita Kerem, he plants a vineyard. Now there's a very interesting Rashi, okay, and Rashi says. Rashi says Okay Listen to this Rashi Very hard Rashi to understand So he comes out And the first thing he does Is makes a vineyard So Rashi says It was a very It was very degrading Why? Because The same Noah Who we said was Ish Tzadik Tamim Hoyu Bideroisov Is a very big Tzadik Now he comes out of the Teva and the Torah calls him an Isha Dhamma. He went from an Ish Tzadik to a man of the dirt. Here. Vayachal Noyach Isha Dhamma Pasik Chof Aleph Right? Um, and the man, the man of the earth, Noach, right? Um, debased himself. He lowered himself. Vayitak Koram and he planted a vineyard. Look, Rashi. Rashi says, "Vayita Kerem Kishenichnas the Teva Hichnas Imoyz Zaymoyz Yichori Te'enim." When he went in, he um, he brought in figs Te'enim, and he brought in a vine. Now, Vayichal that he debased himself, he lowered himself. Says Rashi, also asked my cholin, he made himself, not how you say cholin in English, um, I don't know. He made himself not kaddish, not holy, right? He should have planted something else. Why? What should he plant in? Wheat? Grapes? I mean, uh, plums? Peaches? Apples? What's wrong, with, what's wrong with planting grapes? He debased himself, right? He lowered himself, says Rashi. Why? Because he should have planted something else. Why should he plant another? What's wrong with grapes? Grapes make grape juice, wine. Wine. Rashi said, what are you talking about? What? Why was that a debase? Why was that? Why was that? What what else? Rashi had to say, what else he should have planted, right? He had figs. Okay. What else should he planted? What is wrong with planting grapes? Rashi says he debased himself because he should have planted something else. Why should Noah have planted something else? 
What is wrong with planting grapes? Now, I had this question. It's a fantastic question. Not because it's my question. But what does Rashi mean over here? Should have planted something else. What's wrong with grapes? What's the difference between planting apples or planting grapes? What? You would have asked the same question. If you would have said, the reason he's debased because he planted apples, yeah, it would. So that's not, that's not, there's nothing wrong with Manishtana between the fruits. Just the opposite. You can make a very pure girlfriend on grapes. You can't make a very pure girlfriend on anything else. Just the opposite. It's, it's, it should be the right thing to make a bro- It's an eighth and very pure girlfriend. Is that what Rashi said? What Rashi says? Rashi says he debased himself. He could have planted something else. Rashi didn't say he debased himself because he wanted to get drunk. I'm asking on Rashi. I'm going to answer from the Medrash, but I'm asking on Rashi. What? Not here. The Medrash says that these grapes came, which we're going to see from the the Gan Eden, that you, you planted it, they grew. They grew, the, the grapes grew, were squeezed, became juice, and became wine on the same day. So that's not, and wheat is probably harder to, wheat, you have to plant it, you have to harvest it, you have to plant it, I don't know, I, I don't know what's the hardest thing to plant, but that's not, that's not what he says here. So listen to the reason. So, so the Medjish Rabbis says the following. Where are you? Rita Karen. Where's the snakey? Where's the snake? Where's the snake? Rita Karen, what's up? Where are you? Oh, you know what? It's in Oklahoma. Robert last week. Where are you? Where are you? So anyway, I'll tell you what happened. And then I'll have to find it inside. But I'll tell you what happened. So it says like this. I'd really rather eat read it from you from inside. Okay, 
he was an Ishtalik. And now he became an Ishadama, or Yita Karim. Okay. Oh, here we go. Got it. Who's okay. to this? Amrukha Khamim. Boba Yom Nata, the day that he planted it. Boba Yom Asaperos, the day that's the day he grew. Boba Yom Batsa, that's the day he. He picked it. Boba Yom Dorach, he stepped on it. Boba Yom Shasa, that's the day he drank. Boba Yom Nishtake, that's the day he became drunk. Boba Yom Nishkala Koloinoi, on that day was revealed his change. Amru, listen carefully to this. I said this a month ago, they flipped out. Amru, I'm reading you from inside. Amru, Rabbi Seno, Zerano, Vaka. I hope you'll come back to my shit because I lost that troll after I said this, okay? Kishabon Nayak Lita Kerem. When Noah came to plant his vineyard, Mos Satan, the Satan came, for Ahmad Lafanov, and he stood in front of him. Amalo, Ma'atonotea, what are you planting? Now, the Medrash says that Chava, that the Medrash says, Medrash Rava says, that the tree, the Etadas, was a vine, was a grapevine. That Chava took the grapes and she gave, she made wine out of it and she gave it to Adam. So the snake knew exactly what this was. And it's also brought down that the actual vine came from Ganeden, from there. Okay? And that was the vine that he took into the table. So now we're back to the same story. The Satan is coming and he asks him, Ma'atonotea, what are you planting? No, with the physical, well, I don't know, he was at Yetzirah right now, he's inside you really, so. Ma'atonotea, maybe the Malach, maybe the Satan, the Malach, the Satan, the Malach. I'm sure Malach, you know, Noah spoke to Malach. Ma'atonotea, what are you planting? You should have told him, get out of here. I'm not talking to you. He did what Chava did though. I'm alone. Kerem, I'm planting a vineyard. I'm alone. Mativo, what are they good for? What, are, what, are, what is this good for? Amalo, he didn't tell him right away. He said, the fruits, the grapes are sweet. Whether you eat them raw, whether you eat them as raisins. Give him a whole speech, right? Then he, then, then he made the big mistake. And you make from these grapes wine. Now what does the wine do? This is where he opened the hole for the Satan to come in. Wine makes you happy. That's the Satan's business, right? Amalaya Satan, listen to this message, it's an amazing message. Amalaya Satan, so the Satan said, okay, let me be a partner with you in this vineyard. Amalo, you ready for this message, Nachuma? Noach says to the snake, Lechayim. The first Lechayim ever made in the world was between a snake, between the Satan and Noach. He answered him back, Lechaye. Look inside. He didn't say yes, Lechaye, to life. He told the Satan, we're partners, to life. Okay, but the question is, what is this, what's your partnership? I planted it. I grew it. I made it. What's your partnership? The Satan said, I'm going to, I'm going to be a big partner here. Ma'asach Satan. What did the Satan do? Heavy Kevesh, he brought a lamb. Vaharago, and he killed it underneath the vineyard. Achakach, heavy Ari, 
he took a lion, and he killed the lion underneath the vine. He brought a pig. He killed the pig underneath the vine. After that, he brought a monkey. And he put it underneath the vine. And he mixed their bloods in that vineyard. And the, the nutrients, it, 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 it grew from the blood of all these four things. So he fed it blood. Okay? Now you have to remember that the world was destroyed. This was the only vine. So all our wine, everything that we have from grape, every grape in this world came from this vine. There were no other vines. This is the only vine. So all our vines, all our wines and vines and grapes come from this chutfis, this partnership that the Satan had with him. So what, what did he do to the wine? Why did he do that? So he says the following. Why? I mean grapes. All grapes. All grapes come from this. And we make wine from grapes. Right. So how do we balance the agreement? What? It's not us. There's nothing us. Who said it's us? Right. So he 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 partnered in the wine makes you happy business, not the grape. In the wine. That's what he partnered in. That's what he partnered in. Now what happened? Right. Well, you're going to hear you're going to hear why in a minute. So, so he says the following: Rama's like, Before you start drinking wine, you just eat grapes, right? Don't forget, he made, he put this blood into the grapes, right? So, you're like a lamb, you're a regular person, right? Eating grapes, the grape just doesn't do anything to you. Shainu he doesn't know anything, right? You didn't drink any wine yet. Ukaracha like a, like a lamb, the snake of the sand, alama. Before you, uh, before you shear off its wool. Shasikahagin, you begin to drink. All of a sudden, this, this quiet introvert person starts to get drunk. He becomes brave like a lion. Well, he says, there's no one like me in the world. You know, you got a little wine in there, you're like, hey, hey, you know, you don't know who I am, do you? Right? Then when you start drinking and getting really drunk, you become like a pig. You wet yourself with urine. And with number two, that red wall skin. So you ever see a drunk laying on the floor? He's really drunk. He smells, he stinks from urine. And, and number two, you continue drinking. You become a monkey. Oimed, you get up on the table. Umarakid, you begin to dance. Umasachid, you begin to laugh. and you begin to curse. This is this is Medrash Nachum. How long ago this was written? But any you have no idea what you're doing anymore. The whole Zeirul and Neachat Tzadik. This all happened to Neachat Tzadik. Ma Neachat Tzadik Shakurish Baruch Hu Perash Rachai. Surely Neachat Tzadik who fell like this, and the Torah tells us that he was a Tzadik. Other people who become drunk, will surely end up here. And what happened in the end with Noah? Shekilel Zaro, he cursed his own child, his grandchild, Yeah. Okay, the rest I'm not saying. So therefore, we see, so now, so let's go back to, so what is Rashi saying over here? And the answer is that Noah knew, Noah knew 
that the the the, the grape, the vine, came was from the Eitzanah. He knew that um, that the whole situation that happened with the Satan happened through grapes and through a vine. Therefore, Rashi says he should have known that since we fell once, right, with the Satan at the tree, and it was and, and we fell through wine, because that's what he actually Adam drank wine. Quentin Rabba, Adam drank wine, it says he knew that it was from the Eitzah, that's why he drank it. So there's two Medjish Rabbas. One says that, that Chava screamed at him so much that she made him so crazy. Some things just don't change, right? And, and, and made him so crazy that he drank from it. And another Medjish says that she cried and he couldn't handle her crying. That she just kept crying in front of him, crying in front of him. And he couldn't handle a woman crying in front of him. So he finally gave in and, 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 and drank from the Eitzah. So since he knew that, he any other fruit besides this one is what he should have planted and that's what Rashi's saying you knew that the whole thing came down like this and now the Sultan comes to us talking to you and you're telling you're talking to him that's what happened with Chava you didn't learn from it I want, I want to say I, again I don't know if I have a right to say this but I want to say that Noah came out of the Teva and when he saw the destruction of the world he was out of his environment there was no environment everything was gone everything he knew was gone Everyone he knew was gone. And he didn't know how to handle it, and therefore that's why we eat that karam. Because again, the hardest thing for a person is to get pushed out of their environment. So even though he was in a, in a teva when he came out, and it, it's brought down that he told Hashem, how did you do this? Why did you do this? And Hashem said, if you were to daven, that wouldn't happen. So he came out with tightness. He was very upset. So maybe because, again, this whole sheer of Lechlecha, because he was out of his environment, there was nothing there that he recognized, he got drunk. He got drunk because he couldn't handle the pain. What do most kids do when they they're pushed out of their environment? They do drugs and they and they get drunk and they, and they do whiskey. And they do this because they're in pain. It's what happened, I think, to Noah and Avraham Avinu. And then they, maybe that's what again. I'm, 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 I didn't see it yet, so I'm saying this to everybody. I didn't see it yet, but that explains the Rashi. Rashi says. It says It says Noah Had he been in the door of Avram, he would have been a nobody. Why? Because in the door of Avram, Avram was told to leave his environment. And instead of getting drunk and complaining, he left his environment and he became Avram of the whole world. So if you would have lived in that door and you would have done what you did, you see that you you, you could leave your environment and, and and grow. You left your environment and you became a drunk. So maybe Rashi specifically picked on Avram. What about Yitzchak's door? What about Yaakov's door? Again, I didn't see it. I'm just saying. After speaking a whole night tonight and understanding that to leave one's environment is so hard, and Avram left the environment and he became Avram Avinu. He became Avram Avinu. So you also have to leave your environment. The world was destroyed. There was no more environment. But you didn't become Avram Avinu. You didn't change the world. You planted a vineyard and you got drunk. So if you would have lived in Avram's time, you would have been a nobody. Maybe that's the connection. I don't know. I didn't see it, but I'm just talking off the top of my head. It makes sense. It makes sense. Okay, so we're going to end. We're going to end with the Zoya. Let's put down the Avas Chaim. And he says the following. So he says this whole posture doesn't really mean what it looks like what it means. And it means the following. He says the following. It's very fast. Two minutes. 
God says to a person's soul, that's resting underneath his throne, it's time to leave here. Time for you to go down to the world. And you should go into the body that you're supposed to go. Leave the, underneath the throne, leave under the to the gulf, which I'm going to show you, in order for you to keep the mitzvah that you're supposed to. And if you do, that's called a goy gadol. I'm going to make you into a, into a goy gadol, right? He says, there's two lechlachos. The other lechlachos is when a person dies. leave this world, your land, right? Leave your mother and your father, your family, and your home is to the place in, in Shemayim, right? So there's, there's two lechlachos in a, in, a, in, a, in a person's life. And he says the following. Light in Kabbalah, light is Everywhere he went, Yitzhahara followed him. So Abram said to Lot, to Yitzhahara, Leave me alone, Yitzhahara. The whole world is in front of you. He Leave me, right? So he says, the person who tells the Yetzirah, the whole world's in front of you. Go bother somebody else, right? And he himself goes, into, he goes to sit and learn, right? Then he'll, he'll, um, to be able to get rid of him. He says, he says, listen, I eat, I drink. You can drink, you can eat, you can go on a, on a, on a teal, right? You can, you can talk, you can work. So he says, there, 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 you, you can do all these things, right? Because a person, a, a person, Lamaisa, so when, when, when we're talking about Lot over here, he was saying to Lot, we both can't, what did he say to Lot? He said, we, we, we can't live in the same place. In other words, the Neshama tell, is telling the Satan, we can't live in the same place. There's no, there's no room, sort of, of uh, what I call rationalization. In other words, you can't do bad things and then rationalize them and then make them good. If I go to if I go to the right, if you go to the right, I'll go to the left. If you go to the left, I'll go to the right. The neshama is Avram. Light is the Yitzhahara. And and and, and and the neshama is telling if you look at this parsha in that Kabbalistic way, the neshama is telling Lot, right? Telling the Yitzhahara, wherever you go, I'm going the other way. You can't you can't live you can't live in both worlds. We, you know, we sometimes we want to do that, but you can't. It's it's either it's either to the right or to the left. So over here in this week's Pasha, Ram Avinu is telling Lot, right? We came, we came from the other world. We came to this world. We came into the human being. And, and the Neshama is telling the Yetzirah, listen, it's a very big world out there. You have a lot of places to go. But over here, you can't stay. You go to the left, I go to the right. You go to the right, I go to the left. And, and that's the, the constant, the constant struggle that we have the constant struggle that we have is that the Yitzhahara is always always bothering us it's, it's, it's the same thing with Lot but there's just no room for both of them there's no room for both of them and, and there's a whole Chidah I'm not going to go into the Chidah that there was a good part of Lot there was a good part of Lot was the the outside of Lot whatever this means but the outside of Lot was the bad part of Adam and the inside of Lot was the good part of Adam because from Lot comes Rus from Lot comes David Noach. From low comes Mashiach. 
And we see that there was a good part because he when the Malachim were in Sodom, he tried to save Sodom. So he asked the Kasha, why did Lot why, why, would, why did Lot take a chance of going to Sodom? Didn't he know that they would be destroyed? He says that Lot believed that when Hashem made the promise, he didn't make a promise he's not going to destroy the world. He made a promise he's not going to destroy any whole country, which was a big mistake. So he thought Sodom can never get destroyed because Hashem made the bridge with the, with the rainbow. But he was 100% he was totally wrong. So what I really want to get from this whole shit tonight, which I think is very, very important. Number one, nobody can take yourself. It belongs to you. And the only time someone can take yourself away is if you're willing to give it up. And you should never give up yourself. No matter what anyone tells you, you are, or you're not, or they don't believe in you, whatever it is. As long as you believe in yourself and you don't give it up, you can do anything. I don't, I don't think it's a, success, a successful person that wasn't told that he would fail. I'll never forget. I read an article, and they must be kicking themselves. I read an article that, I believe it was Poland Spring, one of the water companies, they needed backing you know, 20 years ago. They needed, they needed, it wasn't a lot. I think it was a million dollars, but maybe even less. They needed a bank loan to start their business. And they came in to the board meeting. They had all their plans, the bottling, the companies, the, you know, the truck, all that. And they sat down, the chairman of the board, whoever sat there, and said, water? You're selling water? I've never heard something more foolish. Well, you know, when I grew up, there was no water, there was no bottle of water, you turned on the faucet. He said, water's free. Water's free. You want our bank to lend you money to sell water? That is ridiculous. And they threw them out on their heads, they made them feel like idiots. They went from bank to bank to bank. Today, it's a trillion dollar business. I think they got, I think Citibank was the one that finally believed in them, whatever it was. They didn't stop. It's like selling air, right? In those days, you don't understand that because today we have water. When I was growing up, if someone came to me and said, oh, we want to sell you a bottle of water, you miss Meshiga, take the bottle, open the force and fill up the bottle of water. It was a thing. It didn't exist. Right? So they had self. They went from bank to bank. Every bank said, you're nuts. You're crazy. Water? We're not supporting you. And finally, one bank supported them. It's a trillion dollar, more than a trillion dollar business. Water. So, so, Person, you're not allowed to let anyone take, you know, take yourself. I think that it, it may be a little bit double chol. That was Avram Avinu. No matter what they did, no matter how they, you know, the whole world was against him. He was called an Ivri. Ivri means Ava. He was on the other side. He was one man against the world. But he had self. He had self. You gotta have self. Because both who gives us that, myself, because both who gives each one of us a neshama. You're not allowed to let anyone take that away from you. And you need to know at the end of the day, if you don't have self, you gave it up. You gave it up. Nobody can take that from you. That's who you are. Nobody can take that from you. And you're not allowed to let anyone take that from you. No matter what they say to you, you, you have an Hashemah you see from here, from Tachas Kisei from the Neath Hashem's throne. Nobody can take that away from you. That's number one. And and number two, that with anyone in your family, or even if you're, you yourself, you're, you're falling, you're falling, go back to where it started Find out what pushed you out of your environment and, and, and make it work. Sometimes you need coping skills in your environment. In other words, sometimes you're in a situation where, let's say you're in a room that's very hot and the doors are closed and you can't get out, right? So you don't just sit there. You, you find a book and you fan yourself, right? You open your shirt button. You, 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 in that environment that you are, 
you make it the best that you can. So sometimes, instead of running out of the environment, we just have to learn our coping skills in that environment. May, may we all have the schools to, um, to help all these kids, first of all, and may HaKadosh Baruch Hu bring back the ultimate environment, the environment of the Beis HaMikdash. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.